You are listening to Keep Canada Weird, a weekly weird news roundup by The Nighttime Podcast. Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the weekly Keep Canada Weird discussion series. If you're new here, Keep Canada Weird is the venue in which my pal, handsome Aaron Airport, and I seek out and explore the more offbeat Canadian news stories from the past week. In tonight's episode, which we recorded on July 16th of 2023, Aaron and I talk about the world's largest toothbrush collection. We'll hear about why visitors of the Toronto Zoo are being asked to not show gorillas videos from their phones. And then we'll get caught up on the story of that bar inside the Toronto police station. Let's get into it. Handsome Aaron Airport, let's start by giving you a platform to complain about the temperature of the room you're in. How do you feel today? I'm glad we're starting off with this topic. Um, it doesn't quite fall into the realm of Keep Canada Weird's content normally. Uh, well, I don't know. You're you're acting weird. I think you have heat stroke. I think I do. I mowed the lawn in the intense heat today, and not because I was like, oh, I'm going to mow the lawn in the heat, you know, but it's because I have to be strategic about the days that I pick to mow my lawn because I have to pick two days in a row because I can only do one side one day and one side the other day. I think mm-hmm. I've mentioned this before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've been through this multiple We've times. We've been through this more times than we should be. But um, so today I was like, if I'm going to get the mowed lawn in two consecutive days, I have to go today. And then I, so that I can do tomorrow and then it'll stay even. Mm-hmm. So I did it and it was boiling hot. It's the hottest day of the year, I think, right now. I don't know. It feels like it anyway. You may be warm, but you're safe. And that's more than we can say for a lot of the people we're going to be hearing from and talking to tonight. Because, uh, you know, our episodes, we often talk about how they, without our input or direction, they find themselves in a theme more times than not. Uh, Tonight, I think our theme is going to be the animal uprising and dangerous teenagers. And I think, I think we opened Pandora's box last week by bringing up these two topics again, and by giving listeners of keep Canada weird, the keep Canada weird nation or the keep Canada weird army by giving them a platform to share their encounters with horrifying, dangerous, and oftentimes confusing teenagers. Uh, we have a full card to get through, but we also have a lot of voice memo. Before we get into our stories, though, do you want you want to just hear one of these voice memos? Oh yeah, bring on the voice memos. Okay. Yeah, I love them. Uh, let's hear about um, let's hear about some teenagers who freaked out a a member of Keep Canada Weird Nation at a gas station. Listen to this. Hey Jordan and handsome Aaron Airport, your timing today with the Keep Canada Weird episode couldn't have been more perfect. Um, I saw that you did a call out for teenagers being mean, and today I was scared of a teenager a couple hours after I had finished listening to the episode. So I pull up to a gas station in the small town that I live in, and I happen to be just rocking out to some Tyler Childers, which is like a pretty twangy country artist. And I put my car in park, I get out, and here's this teenager just standing there next to his souped-up Honda Civic, and he mumbles under his breath, nice nice song. And I said, what? And he just goes, oh, I just said hi. And then he gets in his Honda Civic (laughs) and drives away. And, of course, you can imagine how loud that car was when it drove away. And it just made me giggle, like, as a woman in her 30s, I am still getting bullied by teenagers because teenagers are just teenagering. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Have a good one. If you're in her situation, you pull up to the gas station, you're listening to Tyler Childress, which I Googled. It's like a country singer. Uh-huh. And a teenager just looks at you and goes, nice song. And then she says, what? And he says, I just said hi. I just said hi. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of factors I don't have. I don't I don't know what age category this teenager in is in because this teenagers go from 13 to will we include 19 or will we say 18 is the cutoff? I think by the time you're 19 you got something to lose so you're not as reckless and dangerous but yeah. I think still you meet the definition of teenagers. So yeah, I'd say 13 to 19 will be a teenager okay. for the purpose of this show. Yeah, yeah. So a 14-year-old isn't driving so that obviously this this 
teenager is 16 or older. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that puts them into the to the scary category of teenager, mm-hmm. uh, high school age, I think. Because that's when they're physically able to do some damage, you know, yeah. like a, like a 13 year old, like in numbers could be scary, but by themselves, not so much. However, you know, a 17 year old, an 18 year old, yeah. I mean, they could, they could knock me out. So if I was mm-hmm. in that situation, getting out of the car, hey, Aaron Airport, nice song, you know, or nice animal uprising. Don't believe it. What? <laughs> I think her story more than anything was kind of um I don't think it was too dangerous or intimidating but no but that's what we're looking for if she had behaved in the wrong way reacted in the wrong if she had have engaged further with this teenager it could have gotten worse but also the the souped up Honda Civic really is the chariot of the intimidating teenager isn't it it is yeah. that is common should... across the board no matter where you are this this mm. this the little honda civic with about 18 giant mufflers hanging off the back of it and a spoiler and like a transformers sticker on it or something or like it's just <laughs> that is like the anthem vehicle of these scary mm-hmm. teenagers mm-hmm. the universal language of people is music the universal ride of dangerous and reckless teenagers is in fact the honda civic yeah and i drove a honda civic for many years but it was not souped mm-hmm. up it was a very I, I i bought it because it was simply uh affordable and um you know a good car honda civics are great cars mm-hmm. that's all i have to well, say about it okay good well we're going to have more stories about teenagers and animals as we go, but we got to get into the actual stories that are on our plate uh, because we have a mission here. We have a mandate to fulfill. We must keep Canada weird by seeking out, highlighting, celebrating, discussing the stories that played out across this great country last week. Tonight's episode, I'm going to title A Toothbrush Collection, No More Phones for Gorillas, in that bar at the Toronto police station. So let's get into it. Where do you want to start with this? You want to start with toothbrushes? Yes, I do, actually. I have a lot to say about this. Okay, let's get right into this. Mm -hmm. I'm a collector and you could, like, I think I'm right for being made fun of. I collect slash hoard things and i usually go through phases i have you may see over my shoulder i have a bunch of guitars piled up all over my house you open a closet you're going to find a guitar in my video game tv room i have i don't know a couple hundred gi joe figures from the 80s and i just have little random collections stuffed all over the place and i actually see my children kind of inheriting that with me my oldest son especially is uh he can't throw anything away he's a collector but I don't think either of us have a collection quite like this. All right. Are you a collector? Not not really. When I was a kid, I had different things, comics, uh, baseball cards, kind of the usual things. Um, but no, I don't I don't collect or hold on to many things. Okay. Well, there's a woman in Toronto, Ontario, who has the world's largest collection of toothbrushes of all things her name is kelly hardy her 1618 unopened toothbrushes just got the guinness book of world records for most toothbrushes here's the story kelly hardy likes toothbrushes and we mean she really likes toothbrushes she has 1618 of them stuffed into these boxes in her mississauga living room first they're kind of puzzled like why would you collect toothbrushes but then uh when i start to talk about them i don't say that they get it but they think it's like quirky and interesting it is also a guinness world record the largest toothbrush collection on the planet and the last one 1618. the official count took place at a nearby school gymnasium back in march the record was verified by guinness last month Hardy says it all began with this green toothbrush she bought when she was 12 years old. It comes with a built-in floss dispenser. Kept calling to me and I hear about objects 
sparking joy. So that toothbrush was sparking joy for me. So I bought it. And she didn't stop buying. Hardy estimates she spent about $5,000 over three decades buying toothbrushes. Her kids think it's kind of fun. Ah, oh, it's pretty cool. I don't know anyone else who really has a big collection. I don't know anyone else that's a Guinness World Record holder. It's odd. You mean? Really, who for a living collects toothbrushes? Your mom does. My mom, other than my mom. None of the toothbrushes have been opened and she stores them under the staircase, but room is getting tight. Still, despite setting a record, Hardy says she has no plans on stopping. When I got this certificate, I was pretty uh, pumped because you're like, how many times in your life are you going to get to do something like this? And for the record, Hardy says she uses the toothbrushes she gets from her dental appointments and she's only had one cavity in her life. All right. I want to interview you about that news clip, Aaron. Yeah. Okay. Uh, first question is why, of all things, toothbrushes? I mean, I could see toothbrushes being interesting, having, you know, different toothbrushes from different like because a lot of like uh disney characters uh cartoon characters movies um will have toothbrush versions you know mm -hmm. i could see them being collectible in that way i could see there being historic value to the toothbrushes mm -hmm. like you know i have these old toothbrushes from the 1930s from the 1800s i have these and that and yeah, and, and this is what toothbrushes look like in Africa. And yeah, this is what they look yeah. like. And, yeah. Look at this rare one I have that was, uh, you know. The cocaine. Some, There's some cocaine famous, on it. Yeah, some famous politician's <laughs> toothbrush. And and mm -hmm. he had gingivitis. And look, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I don't know. But this this woman, though, this is the first problem I have. Okay. Is that she's got them all in bins stored like mm -hmm. under the stairs or something? Mm -hmm. It's like the least loved collection. Yeah, they should be in display in her home. She should have a room like with shelving and 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 glass cases for the most valuable ones and put them on yeah, display. Cool lights. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're right. If you're gonna do this, wear it. Yeah, you know, yeah. Hide it like a dirty secret under the stairs. Yeah, um, yeah. For people who haven't seen the news clip we just talked or you just mentioned there like this idea that maybe she would have like rare and antique and kind of uh, i don't know weird characters and stuff but she doesn't have that when it shows her toothbrushes laid out on the table when the guinness book of world record people are like counting them or whatever they look like pretty like pedestrian to mm -hmm. toothbrushes what? i didn't see anything unique it just showed a bunch of toothbrushes i think there was a short clip of a couple of simpsons character toothbrushes mm -hmm. But mostly she said, like, whenever I go to the dentist and they give me a toothbrush, I put it in the collection. Like, <laughs> I I feel like I could go out. Like, she spent, she estimated roughly $5,000 on her toothbrush mm. collection. Like, I could go and do that tomorrow. Yeah, you could probably go on Amazon and buy 50 packs. She only has 1,618. Yeah. You could blow that away tomorrow. Absolutely. With one Amazon order. Or just I'll go around my town and go to every drugstore and grocery store in the in the on the island and I'll mm. come up with that many toothbrushes easy. Well, you could do it for way cheaper. But if, if you go to grocery stores and stuff and you're paying like three dollars, four dollars uh, or drugstores and you're paying three or four dollars a toothbrush, that's going to cost you a bit. But like I said, if you go on Amazon or go to Dollarama, like a dollar store and buy in bulk cheap toothbrushes. Because her her collection doesn't seem to be anything special. You should just blow it away. You should do it. No, I won't do that. It's a, it, okay. it's a complete waste of time. So I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. But okay. like even but her 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 kid said something interesting. Well, it's like it's a weird way to make a living. It's like I I doubt this woman is making any money doing this. Mm -hmm. That's true. I think what her daughter meant was. It's a weird way to live your life, I think is maybe what she meant, but I don't know. But I think of that whole article, the kid who made the, the person who made the most sense was what appeared to be her young, the younger of the two daughters who spoke, who was like, it's weird. She said right off the bat. Yeah. So. yeah. I'm on uh, team uh, youngest of the two daughters that appeared in that news clip. Yeah, it's, 
I, I can get on board with weird if it was like, look at all the weird and interesting toothbrushes I have. But so many of these toothbrushes, when they were laid out, were just boring Oral-B yeah. toothbrushes. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like if you have a massive stamp collection, but none of the ones are none of them are yeah. like ones that weren't in like regular circulation. Just a bunch of regular stamps. Yeah, just, just stamps you bought yesterday at the post office. Yeah, and you keep them in a bin. Mm -hmm. uh, let Let's not waste any more time on this. We've ruled this. We both agree. We this is um, this is not weird. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's yeah. um, keep Canada ridiculous. Yeah, that's, that's that'll be the spinoff and. We'll have Kelly Hardy's collection front and center. Oh, yeah. We talk about it every episode. <laughs> uh, let's move on to... Do you want to get into... Actually, I know what I want to do. Let's listen to another teenager story. Yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> this is uh, Ronnie's teenager story. Hey, Jordan and Aaron. My name is Ronnie. I'm from the United States, Oregon to be specific, and I just finished listening to the latest episode of Keep Canada Weird. I'm a longtime listener, um, and I had a crazy teenager story to share. thought you guys might enjoy this. Um, basically, the setting is I was at Sonic Drive through with my friends. Uh, I don't know if there's Sonics in Canada. I've only been to Vancouver, and I did not see one when I was there, but... For those of you that don't know, Sonic is with the ordering machines on the outside, and then they have an outdoor seating area. They don't have any seating inside. They have an outdoor seating area, and then they have a drive through and the drive through line goes right by where the seating area is. And so I was sitting outside with my friends. We had our food. We're hanging out, right? And this car is exiting the, the drive through and its music is playing so loud, like blasting, blasting. And I just start like dancing to the music. Um, I just start like being silly. I'm with all my friends. And this car slows down and pulls around the, like kind of like, by the side of the restaurant a little bit, not towards the exit to leave. And they roll down all of their windows and I just see this whole group of teenagers and <laughs> before I know it, they just throw something at me. They throw something at me. I didn't know what it was. It's fairly large. And I go over to go look at it. And <laughs> they had chucked a can of Progresso chicken noodle soup at me. And it was open. <laughs> it did not it did not look like it opened when they chucked it at me. So yeah, I don't know why they felt the need to chuck a can of chicken noodle soup at me. I don't know why they had a can of chicken noodle soup in their car. I don't know why it was open in their car. I don't know what they're doing. And yeah, I think that if their music was up so loud, they should assume that other people are going to listen to it. So yeah, felt pretty offended. That's my crazy teenager story. Never had I had something as weird as somebody chucking a can of chicken noodle soup at me happen. So yeah. All right. I love you guys show. Thanks if this gets on there and keep keep keeping Canada weird. Uh, there is a bit of a trend. Teenagers in cars, teenagers mm. kind of yelling at other people in cars. But I think the throwing the open can of chicken noodle soup is new. I've never heard of that kind of attack by a teenager. Well, that's specifically chicken noodle soup. No, but certainly throwing anything that can be thrown is vintage teenager activities what it is is i think the teenagers feel safe in their car yeah. shouting out the window at people or if they're in a large group they feel safe as well mm -hmm. but the, the big mistake that she made was reacting to the loud music like even just playfully dancing to the loud music mm -hmm. like that draws the attention of the teenagers and then they hone their sights on you and then they throw chicken noodle soup at you mm-hmm it's one plus one equals two and you get chicken noodle soup thrown at you ronnie i think uh if you see teenagers your best bet is to roll up the window pretend you don't even see them look straight ahead if Just you can ignore leave. completely yeah ignore them completely mm -hmm. aye, aye, aye. all right let's get into the next set of stories I believe you're in a chair but let me just confirm you are safe you're not going to fall down and hurt yourself no no. Okay. The reason I say that is because we have a segment of tonight's show called mm, <laughs> the. F I don't know what I'll call it. I'm going to call it the Animal Uprising 
is here the temperature is raising mm. and i worry that we're all going to be burnt alive as a result of it yeah that's what i call this section uh let's start with the story of the toronto zoo and how they've made an appeal to the public to not show their gorillas your phones when you're visiting the toronto zoo and it's weird, but it's exactly as they say it. They're worried about and they're requesting people not show videos to the gorillas or let the gorillas have access to your phones. I don't necessarily know what this means in terms of the animal uprising. Let's watch the news clip and you, the expert, and me, the other expert, will talk it out. All right. Here it comes. Toronto Zoo wants to reduce the amount of phone screen time gorillas are seeing from humans. To explain why, I'm joined by Holly Ross, Supervisor of Behavioral Husbandry at the Toronto Zoo. Holly, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So first of all, why does the Toronto Zoo, Holly, not want people to uh, share cell phone images with gorillas? Who would think I'd be asking um, this question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it, we just see that it can just be distracting for some of the gorillas. In particular, we have a, a male gorilla Nasser who seems really enthralled with videos um, that certain guests would show to him. And so we just want the gorillas to be able to be gorillas. And when our guests come to the zoo, we want them to be able to see gorillas um, in a very natural state and, and what they would be doing naturally to sort of connect with them on that level. Um, so we don't really want our guests coming and, and showing them videos and, um, you know, we would rather have them see them do gorilla things. So Holly, I know uh, obviously there are a lot of similar behaviors between humans and gorillas. When it comes to this specifically, would you classify this as an addiction or is this more like of a, <laughs> of a curiosity by these gorillas? No, it's just a curiosity. Um, for us, it's really not that big of a deal. Uh, we just want to make sure that we know the content. Very much like if you're, you know, managing an account for a, a child or something, you want to make sure that your parental controls are on, and that you're um, that you're in in control of what the content is that they're seeing. Um, Nasser, in particular, was really interested in seeing different videos. I think mostly he was seeing videos of of animals, other animals. Um, but I think what is really important is that he's able to just hang out with his brother and be a gorilla. Um, we are able to show the gorillas different videos and stuff in their in their back of house area uh, that they do really like. They do like to see other animals and nature documentaries, but we just want to make sure that we know what they're watching. Is there more to this or is it simply they want to know what the animals are watching? Well... They said that they show them videos in the back anyway. Like, so they are allowed to watch things. It's not the unnatural act of watching a screen and not understanding what the screen, what's on the screen and what that means. It's about like indoctrinating them to whatever it is that the staff of the Toronto Zoo want them to watch. It's about control. Or yeah, are there... I, it's... It's about, please don't show our gorillas pornography. <laughs> Do you think that's what it is? I don't think it's pornography. I think it's... I think the teenagers are, are doing that. If you were oh, a teenager God. and you saw... <laughs> that's true, I would. <laughs> you absolutely would. If, especially if you saw someone like, oh, they're showing like nature videos, dude, to the, to the gorillas. I'm going to show them porn. They're awful. But yeah, it could be that. But... I just wonder if, you know, let's just talk for a second, if this does have a connection to the animal uprising. Just imagine a world where the staff of the Toronto Zoo, the person who was interviewed there, they were like the something, something of animal husbandry. I don't know what that means, but let's just imagine there's someone who is well aware of the animal uprising. They have a group mm. of potentially super dangerous and super intelligent gorillas in captivity, and they think... If these gorillas aren't in touch with other animals, it's going to be hard for them to be radicalized. And if we can control what the animals are seeing and thinking and reacting to, maybe we can further separate them from the movement that's happening around the world concerning the uprising of animals. I just wonder if there could be a chance that the woman in that video is on the front lines of the war between humans 
and animals. Maybe she's the last hope. And maybe keeping these gorillas away from that tide is what is going to save some lives. Well, is what that possible? What would happen if we played an episode of Keep Canada Weird to the gorillas? Uh -huh. I don't know. Just I'd, throwing it out there. What would I? I I don't know. Well, we'll think about what happened when we played an episode for Norm in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Committing <laughs> a string of crimes allegedly last week. That's right. That's right. What was it that he did? Norm? Yeah, well, we speculated he may be involved. Oh, so so two weeks ago, we heard from Norm from Vegas, a listener. He had uh, explained he's quite concerned about the animal uprising. Um he wanted to win favor with animals by giving them the idea that the belching cows could be mm -hmm. made into this sort of biological um, flamethrower. Then last week, we heard the story of a guy who broke into an animal shelter, I think in Ontario, and released the animals or tried to release the animals before getting arrested. You remember that? We yes, speculated I do. that yeah. Yeah. it potentially could have been Norm. Well, I just heard another story about somebody doing something illegal and possibly helping an animal at the same time. And I just wonder if maybe Norm is running wild across Canada. Uh, <laughs> there was a man who was just arrested for driving intoxicated or impaired or whatever the right word is with a raccoon in the car with him. Listen yeah. to this. In Huntsville, OBP came across a surprising passenger while making an impaired driving arrest. Ontario Provincial Police tweeted that officers in Huntsville arrested a man for allegedly operating a vehicle while impaired. OPP say the driver had a baby raccoon with him in the car. Police say they made the arrest after members of the public reported the driver. The raccoon is on its way to the Aspen Valley Wildlife Sanctuary. Police did not say why the driver had the raccoon with him. Just has me wondering, like when you hear these stories about crimes, assisting animals in some way in the midst of it, could this be listeners of Nighttime that are doing this, or listeners of Keep Canada Weird, members of Keep Canada Weird Nation, or could it be Norman Vegas on his way to Nova Scotia to find us and hope that we can help him in on the way he's trying to earn favor with animals? He breaks into an um, animal shelter, releases animals. He has a few drinks and gets a raccoon and tries to drive it somewhere. All in a plot to end up in Nova Scotia where we can help him, all the while earning good karma on the way. Is that what's happening? Uh, no, it's not. No. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> I let my imagination get Yeah, you got you got a hand that you know who I think is involved in this. Who? Remember the story about the McDonald's restaurant that was closing down? Yeah, and there was the and there was a big with... brawl, and there was a video of that guy taking the baby raccoon out of his jacket during the middle of that brawl. <laughs> Yes, that's who I think this is. <laughs> okay, and he just goes from place to place doing crazy things with a baby raccoon. Yeah, just she's kind of like people, just trying to find a fight. Yeah, he's like the he's like the Where's Waldo of mm -hmm. just like absurd Canadian appearances. Like find the nut with the baby raccoon. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 who I thought of when I saw this story. Was that guy who pulls out the small raccoon in the middle of a brawl? As some kind of a weapon. I mean, raccoons can be dangerous. So, yeah. Um, raccoons can be dangerous, but aren't they sweet? Like when you see one, don't you want to? They're like cute. I wish they could yeah, be, if they could be domesticated. So I've seen people domesticate them, but I don't entirely trust it. Um, mm -hmm. Like if they're getting a food source and they're comfortable, I guess they're fine. But I still, it's it's a very wild animal. It's not like a cat. So. I don't know. I don't know if I believe that people should be trying to domesticate raccoons. They, I, if they could, though, I would love to have one. Um, oh, they'd be good huggers, I bet, if they weren't clawing oh. your face off. Yeah. Um, what about coyotes? Have you ever seen a baby coyote or a grown-up coyote or fox, for that matter? I have Very nice at thing. the wildlife park in Cape Breton. Okay. okay. Uh, well, spoiler alert, coyotes are very sweet, loving looking animals but they are vicious and uh, they can be vicious they've killed humans we know all too well um they are certainly working for the animals in the animal uprising and that's why this next story concerns me this is a story that concerns a winnipeg woman who had an ex an especially surprising unexpected visitor to her home her name is cynthia carr 
And she actually, I'm going to play the story, but just important to note, she's an epidemiologist, which is someone who tracks like um, diseases and sicknesses and the patterns that are seen in them. And I don't know if that's important, but it's just weird that this happens to an epidemiologist. Listen to this story mm -hmm. of her unexpected visitor. A Winnipeg woman got quite the surprise when a young coyote ran into her home last night. Is this a coyote in my house? Or a fox, maybe? Oh my god, he just walked in the back door. Local epidemiologist Cynthia Carr was letting her cat in from the yard and left the door open in the process. When she turned around, she saw a blurry figure go by. And there was a small animal just like backed into the corner uh, of my dining room. And at first I wasn't sure if it was like a, a, a puppy or what it was because it was quite small and I couldn't get a great look at it because it was under a, a low table. Um, but after a, a minute or two of it not reacting like a dog, like not barking, not wagging its tail, it's not coming near me, I started looking at pictures and realized it looked very much like a coyote. Carr was alone at the time and called a conservation officer. She says when the officer came near the docile coyote, it immediately began to attack. The officer removed the animal with a net and put it outside. Carr is now warning those in the Assiniboine Park area to be vigilant about closing doors and to keep an eye on their pets. One thing I find interesting is when Cynthia Carr comes home, she sees the baby coyote just kind of mm -hmm curled up in a corner just sitting there looking at her seeming to be you know pretty content to be maybe a little scared but he's just sitting there it wasn't until animal tr control came that he became vicious and started to you know fight and such i just you know i don't want to be a conspiracy theorist and i don't want to incite fear mongering or you know all this sort of stuff but it just seems to me that that coyote just wanted to move in and live with a human being who is an expert on patterns of disease and sicknesses and I don't know, threats against humanity. Yeah. You see what I'm at? Yeah, I, I see that. Um certainly it looked like it was it looked cute and innocent and and it was tucked away in the corner and uh I can see how that vibe, you could get that vibe from it. That it was just like, ah, oh, I just give it a little food and and hug it and let it let it be a part of your family and raise it as your dog. own. It's just a little yeah. it looks like a cute little dog and all these things, but the reality is that it's a coyote mm -hmm. and it's gonna eat your pets. It would eat you if it got a few of its friends around there. No, if it had a few, yeah, if it had the numbers, it absolutely would eat you. Mm -hmm. But your cat is dinner once that coyote gets big enough. No problem. Oh, easy. Yeah, easy peasy. Uh, I wonder how it got in her house. I don't think, I don't know if they explained in the article or she was letting her cat out or something. Yeah, it was I something think, and... like she had the door open and, it, and doing something and it snuck in. That's pretty weird though. Like coyotes are usually pretty skittish, especially like in, if they're if there's not a group of them. It's kind of shocking that one would come up that close to the house and walk right in. Maybe she was cooking and it smelled food or it something. It was probably some sense that attracted it. Um, if it's lost from maybe its mother or I don't know enough about coyotes to know their behavior, but I could see it being lost and maybe it's just looking for a warm place, but unfortunately it's it's also a coyote so mm -hmm. <laughs> you can't um you know you don't have to go home but you can't stay here uh, yeah exactly it's but it's a shit like it's so cute when you see the thing it but is. It's, it's adorable. but i guess when you got uh, it, it is a baby wild animal um it breaks yeah. my heart though to see it sitting kind of scared under a table but yeah yeah but they'll take care of it you know the whatever organization showed up to to capture it and they'll they'll treat it right <laughs> pest control agency <laughs> no, <laughs> well I'd, hopefully it was the spca or something i'm I, sure it, it was in uh, some kind of uh you know registered animal control situation who will see to it being properly brought out back to the wild or whatever yeah. needs to be done 
that's what yeah, I, I guess it, it yeah. doesn't need much like coyotes are do pretty good i think all it needs to be done is like get out of the house and send it back in the woods and yeah it's gonna it'll go have a thousand babies to mm -hmm. eat a bunch of cats um all right well that was our collection of animal stories don't want to scare anyone but i can't help but just every week when we collect these cases and these stories that we highlight to keep canada weird the trend is animals are doing weird stuff in Canada. They're fine. They're in mm -hmm. the news. It's becoming, it's boiling to the surface. And I think we were just at the razor's edge of investigative reporting. And that's why we caught this, this story, this important story between, before the mainstream did. Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah. Let's get caught up on some past stories. Okay. One of the, my favorite stories that we talked about uh, over the last year uh, was the bar at the police station in Toronto. <laughs> the reason I like this story is because it's so outrageous that the police department would think it's okay to have a licensed nightclub or bar inside a police station. And not only would that happen, but cops would actually be arrested for impaired driving after drinking at it. The whole thing is insane. Mm -hmm. uh, the story was blown wide open, I believe because of CBC. Um, they did a, a collection of like a freedom of information kind of requests after a high ranking police officer was charged with drunk driving. And that led them to realize that, or to, that led them to learn that there was this bar in the Toronto police station. Of course, there was controversy surrounding the bar when the public learned that taxpayer money was funding a bar at a police station. I don't think it's much of a surprise, but they just announced the bar at the Toronto police station will be closing. Oh. Yeah, sorry to break it to you. Here's how the story aired on the news. Court exhibit photos show this vehicle crashed in downtown Toronto in 2019 behind the wheel of police constable. He was charged but not convicted of drinking and driving. We've investigated all those leads. That Another officer, Inspector Chris Boddy, known for posting don't drink and drive on social media, was convicted of one incident of exactly that, leading to a guilty plea at the Toronto Police Tribunal last year. And in April, Superintendent Riaz Hussein, the officer that once ran that tribunal, also pleaded guilty to impaired driving after crashing a police vehicle while off-duty. He was demoted for a year. Tribunal documents show two bottles of Appleton Estate rum were seized from the vehicle. One news report from the CBC said that he accessed a licensed bar at the Toronto Police Headquarters before he got behind the wheel. You know, this is a bit crazy. Former Toronto Mayor John Sewell said the existence of that bar is simply outdated and complained to the force. If a senior officer has been drinking there and picked up for drunk driving, somebody's missed the duty of care on that one. The bar at the Toronto Police Service has existed since 1989. It's a perk for senior officers. It was inspected by the AGCO in 2005 and 2015 with no infractions found. We asked the Toronto Police through an FOI request what liquor they purchased at the bar and how much that cost taxpayers. They told us that's the responsibility of the Executive Officer Lounge Committee, which never got back to us. It's not the only police bar in Ontario. The RCMP's headquarters in Ottawa has had one since 2011, and the bar in the Mounties building in London has also existed since 1992. The Toronto Police Service confirmed to CTV News in a statement, the Chief's Office, in consultation with the Executive Officer Lounge Committee, notified senior officers that the AGCO-approved license will not be renewed. The license was used infrequently and largely for formal functions, like retirements or when hosting dignitaries. Moving forward, the service will apply for a special occasions permit from the AGCO should we decide to host an event where alcohol may be served. Sewell said this lines up better with the public's expectations. Very, very, very unusual to find a government agency having a bar in a government building. And he hopes it sets a better example for the rank and file, which could lead to fewer crashes down the road. John Woodward, CTV News. Uh, it, it's shocking that that's a, that's a real news clip. Yeah, that that conversation is real. Like... The lounge committee. I'd love to the, be on a lounge committee sometime. Well, it's the executive officer lounge committee. Doesn't so, that sound fancy? 
Well, you know, wherever you work, there's often if, you, if you, there's often these little kind of committees that form. Like I'm on the social committee, or I'm involved in planning the holiday party. Yeah. You know, but imagine, imagine you're on the executive officer lounge committee, which basically means you run the bar that the higher ups get to go to. Mm hmm. I just imagine you know, them. They're a lounge committee. They sit in smoking jackets and slippers and cigars. And I'm I'm thinking like strippers and gambling. I picture them just lounging. We just lounge. Like it's not even I, related to the bar. It's just like all about lounging. Like I, <laughs> like I being that, comfortable. Maybe I think I think that what the bare minimum they can do to like uh, improve the marketing and the optics of this bar in the police station is to call it a lounge because it seems mm. less salacious but no i think i think some bad stuff happens in these lounges and i think the members of the executive lounge committee probably have some dark secrets i think they should be the executive officers dance club committee and just make it make it's like it's not a lounge anymore. It's just a straight up dance club for the policemen. Yeah. And we just dance <laughs> and do ecstasy all night. <laughs> then I'm also but part of the lounge committee where we wear slippers. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling that bar is not a great time to be at. Hanging out with a bunch of cops. Yeah, no, hanging out, you. drinking with your boss every night. Like, come on. Yeah, and all your coworkers. When I'm off the clock, I'm out of there. I didn't want to see those people again. No. No. Um. I'm glad it's closing. Yeah, they make it sound in the news clip. They several people are like, it's um, you know, it's it's a something from a bygone era. Times have changed. The, the bar only opened in 1989. That's not that long ago. It's not like it opened in the 50s, but like in a mm. film noir movie or something. And then they mentioned another police station. Maybe it was in Ottawa, where one opened in 2011. No, yeah, that's cops. that's very recent. Yeah, it's very <laughs> recent. Um. Let's catch up on another story, but this time in the context of a listener feedback. Okay. Uh, okay. This is someone named Bonnie in Minnesota who is giving feedback on the issue we discussed last week concerning Kristen McDonald, who is the teacher's assistant in Edmonton who lost her job as a result of uh, making money on OnlyFans using the name Ava James. Uh, we talked about that last week. Bonnie in Minnesota is not a fan of what Ava James mm. slash Kristen McDonald is doing. Here's, here's Bonnie's opinion. Okay. Hi, Jordan and Aaron. Um, I didn't think I'd be responding to this um, story about the woman on OnlyFans. Um, and I was going to send it after the interview with her because I thought my head was going to blow apart. But I didn't. I calmed myself down. But now that um, she's come back in the news again, I just wanted to say a couple things. Um, one of them is that when you're in the teaching uh, profession, which I have been for 40 years, um, and other professions, you assume that you have to have a certain amount of respect for yourself, for other people. Um, you have to carry yourself in a certain way. There are just different demands on you. You just, and you know that going into it. And apparently she doesn't care. Um, one of the things she talked about was she doesn't make enough money as a staff person at a school, which I hear that. Um, and she has to support her daughter. Well, there are 400 million other jobs she could get. So that's BS. Um, she is a, I think a horrible role model for her daughter who she apparently is trying to uh, support here and to other little girls that showing your body, uh, getting money for showing your body is uh, a good thing. Um, she talked about it being a feminist thing because she's in charge of it. I'm calling BS on that too, because no matter if you put the, the product on or not, it's using your body to entertain men. It doesn't matter if you're in control. She also talked about if it was a man, um, would they be treated differently? You know, it's just because she's a woman calling BS again. Um, if a man did this, they would be called out just as she is. I think she is an attention seeker and I'm glad she lost her job. Um, she doesn't deserve to be in this profession uh, until she cleans up her act. Um, yeah, that's what I think. Love you guys. Thanks. Oh, uh, there, there was not one punch pulled by Bonnie. No guns a blazing. Yeah. We both came down on team Ava James. Mm -hmm. I was like, 
you know, let her do what she wants. I, you were as well. Um, Bonnie had a different perspective. Bonnie strongly disagrees with us. Uh-huh. Uh, do we want to react to that? Well, here's the here's my first reaction is that we appreciate the voicemail. And this is people are allowed to disagree with each other. So Bonnie is a listener of the show. She enjoys the show. Uh, she she called in, left a voicemail with her opinion on a story. Her opinion 100 percent differs from Jordan and I's opinion. And that's OK. She can she's perfectly entitled to that opinion. And um, I disagree with every single point Bonnie made. So I'll just say it <laughs> openly mm. like that. In order to have the discussion properly, you know, we'd have to kind of have a one on one with Bonnie, you know, as as opposed to kind of the way we're kind of doing it now. But I, th- I think mm. she's allowed to have her opinion. I disagree. And mm-hmm. And I respect her for having it. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, and we appreciate the fact that she was able to felt comfortable enough leaving a voicemail to state an opinion that she knew that you and I did not agree with. So that's what I, that's what I wanted to say as well Is when we call out to members of keep Canada weird nation to share their opinions and their stories with us, they don't have to agree with us. I, I like that. This is someone giving a, a, a differing viewpoint mm-hmm. than our own. Uh, yeah, I, I like that. Um, you, you talked there about uh, having maybe a back and forth uh, with Bonnie. I would kind of rather have Bonnie and Ava James on and have them just talk it out. We could just yeah, sit back. Yeah, that would that be would interesting. Be, that would be that, an interesting episode. And then after they were done, we could then decide. Who's the winner? Yeah. Or just how awesome it was if they yeah, really yeah. get into it. Do you ever go on like TikTok or something and you watch the videos of people just like flipping out? No, I don't. Well, I don't like to watch stuff like that, to be honest. Because it gets your heart rate. Like it makes sometimes I'm like laying on the couch, you know, just trying to relax and my heart is just pounding and I'm watching someone like screaming at someone else at mm-hmm. a cash register or something. And yeah, I would um, like to think it would be just a respectful back and forth between the two of them. What do you think? Do you think that would happen? Uh, maybe possibly i would hope that it would um i think it's possible that two people can be at the completely different ends of the spectrum on on a topic mm-hmm. and at least kind of voice their opinions to each other and maybe meet halfway on some parts of that opinion and yeah. and and leave it at that but um yeah so but I would like to say it's 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 not good to one thing I will make a point of that Bonnie said. It's 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 not good to wish somebody loses their job, though. I don't want to mm. see people wish kind of bad things like that on anybody, uh, you know, because because, you know, she has a daughter and she's and she's trying to support her daughter. And I respect that. And I think that our goal should should be for her to keep her job and for all parties to be happy with the end results. But yeah, that's kind of the only thing I'll say to, to, to Bonnie. Um, I just, I hope playing that message, uh, despite there being some, ne- I don't know, it wasn't negative, but I, I think, I hope that by playing that message will encourage other members of the keep Canada weird nation to share their differing opinions as well, just so all viewpoints can be expressed on this show mm-hmm. about the news that matters, which are the weird, unusual, absurd, nonsensical stories that we mm-hmm. bring to the table each week. I think we've gone through it all though. We've covered the gamut of weird. We've got into the animal uprising. We've talked mm-hmm. about the cops having a liquor store. We heard some stories of dangerous teenagers. Anything else you want to say or do before we wrap this up? I just want to, um, say to the my animal overlords that i really look forward to when they do take over our society and they reduce greenhouse gas emissions because the animals will not be relying on factories and technology the way that we do as our society functions i think we'll go back the ones that survived the uprising the ones that are decided to be left around will enjoy a more organic uh you know, kind of way of living. 
And I look forward to the earth's temperature lowering a little bit because I'm so warm right now. <laughs> what a great callback. <laughs> uh, let's put a bow on this. Yeah. Aaron, until next time. Jordan, uh, until next time. Um, what you got to do is in the morning as the sun's rising, have all the curtains shut. When the sun passes over your house, open the curtains on the side of the house and open the windows on the side of the house that doesn't have direct sunlight. And then when the sun's completely set, you open all the windows and you get the breeze going right through your home and you won't have this problem as much. That's great advice. And I do already try to follow that, but um, it was just so, but today was particularly bad. But I'd like to say, Jordan, until next time, I promise I'll wear pants. I want to thank you for helping Aaron and I fulfill our mandate to keep Canada weird. But let us also call out to you for even greater support in this mission. If something weird happens in your neck of the woods, make sure you let us know about it. And if you have any thoughts or opinions on any of the stories we covered, we want to hear about that too. The best way to get in touch is via a voice memo sent at nighttimepodcast.com contact. We hope to hear from you. Now, I'm going to start wrapping up this episode, but before I do, let me give some thanks. First, a big thanks to Aaron for sharing another evening with me and with you, the members of the Keep Canada Weird Nation. Next, a big shout out to the internet's favorite cult leader, Unicole, who provides this series intro and outro voiceovers. But lastly, and most importantly, a massive thanks goes out to each and every one of you listening to Nighttime, as without your interest and your support, this show would be as pointless as it would be impossible. Now on the topic of support, let me thank the newest subscribers to the premium feed, Mark, Krista, Leslie, and Grumpy Chat, thank you for going premium. And for anyone else who'd like to support the show, you can help out in a variety of ways. First of all, a premium feed subscription costs only a couple dollars a month, but it funds the creation of the show, gives you the episodes two days early, gives them to you ad-free, and gives you access to a full back catalog of episodes. If that sounds good, you can go premium right now at patreon.com slash nighttimepodcast. And even if you don't want to go premium, you can still support the show by simply sharing this episode on social media and letting all your friends know what we're doing here. If anyone listening has any story ideas, wants to give feedback on the show, or would like to submit a question or comment to be aired and responded to in an upcoming episode, you can do all that and more at nighttimepodcast.com. We hope to hear from you. But until then, take care of each other, hug your loved ones tight, and let me know if you see anything weird. Keep Canada Weird is written, hosted, and produced by the Nighttime Podcast. Sorry, I'm literally taking my shorts off right now. <laughs> it's too hot. <laughs>